Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We're funny creatures as humans. Impulsive, stubborn. We procrastinate for eternity and make decisions on a whim. Can we ever say with complete certainty where our choices are going to take us? Just remember, once in a while, we get it right. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota, the world's best-selling hybrid electric cars. Toyota, built for a better world. Claim source EV volumes and industry data. See toyota.ie forward slash verification. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Point, Planet F1's podcast. Well, three races in now. It's fair to say the Hungarian Grand Prix wasn't quite as spectacular as the first two, but uh, hey, after so long away from the sport, we can't really complain, can we? I'm Finley Kroboda, your host, and joining me as always for today's episode is uh, the Planet F1 editor, Michelle Foster. Michelle, uh, so, three races in, three weeks in, uh, how are you feeling about the, the sport being back? Well, morning, Finley. I have to say it's it's been a great start to Formula One, especially the first two races. Um, unfortunately, Sundays didn't quite live up to race one or race two. Had a bit of potential, but sort of petered out there. But yeah, it's it's great to have Formula One back. But I mean, having said that, I, I'm also looking forward to a weekend off, as I'm sure everybody in the paddock is. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, every Formula One fan has just had three weekends where they haven't been able to socialize with people or anything which yeah it's been nice but uh yeah it'll be nice to uh, have at least a brief week off I guess uh well yeah I mean obviously last week Lewis Hamilton won pretty comfortably he was pretty dominant and uh we didn't really focus on it too much because there was uh well a lot of other stuff to talk about but this week we can't really can't really avoid it because I mean we knew that he was going to be dominant at this track, you know, he'd already won there seven times, but even so, I don't think anyone was really expecting, well, the level to which he lapped every car, except the three behind him. I mean, it was just a vintage Lewis Hamilton performance, wasn't it? Oh, it was absolutely ridiculous. Like you said, I mean, going into Hungary, he already had seven wins here, so everyone knew he would be the the one to beat. But, well, he was phenomenal. He was three seconds up after the first lap. And, yes, you can go, well, it was Lance Stroll who was in second place at the time. But he was three seconds up after the first lap. Hamilton was incredible. It's um, There were one or two times, uh, one or two occasions during the race when he, uh, he complained a little bit about tire wear. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, so Mercedes have told him he needs to sort of up the excitement a bit because – he was just so sublime and so far ahead of the rest of the field that th- there was no race, at least not for first place. Well done to him. Eighth Hungarian Grand Prix. First of Michael Schumacher's records that he can match this season. And, and he's done it. So, yeah, you. it was just wow. I mean, fastest lap point as well. He now leads the championship ahead of Bortus, a gap of five points. And you kind of sit there thinking, given last weekend's qualifying form, this weekend's race form, 
is, is this now the only P1 that we're going to have this season in the driver's standings? And I think the answer to that is going to be a yes. It, it feels kind of crazy to be talking about that three races in, but after the last two weeks, you just you can't help but think it's largely inevitable. Um, I mean, especially with a doubleheader at Silverstone coming up next, um, which I'm sure he'll be pretty happy about. Obviously, after the first race, it wasn't wasn't the perfect weekend for him. Bottas did really well, and we were discussing a title challenge for the Finn, maybe. But, I mean, when Hamilton drives like that, there's just... Feasibly, you just can't see anyone challenging him, can you? Whether it's Bottas or Verstappen. I mean, even if Verstappen had the same car, I think when Hamilton's on that form, it's pretty pretty impossible to get close to him. I completely agree with you there. He's When he's in the zone, he is absolutely sublime. There's not a wheel that goes wrong. He manages his tyres well. He's just, he's a perfect race car driver. And and when he gets his nose in the front, well, it, it's goodbye. I mean, he's just, he's phenomenal. And he deserves so much credit. I mean, you can argue all you want that Mercedes has the best car in, in the field. But, I mean, he hasn't been up against useless drivers. I mean, Nico Rosberg won the 2016 championship, yet Hamilton still beat him to, I think it was two others. Bottas is not, he's not a slouch himself, and yet Hamilton is, is making him look like a very mediocre driver more, de- more days than not. So, as I said, Hamilton, he deserves credit. I mean, he's just wow. I can't actually think of another word other than wow right now to describe his performance on Sunday. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm running out already, which is quite a problem considering we're only three races into a, I don't know, 15 race season or whatever we end up with. I mean, yeah, it was one of his best performances for sure. And something tells me he's probably going to stay at that level for most of the season. Um, but I mean, yeah, we've obviously mentioned Bottas as well. And it was a bit of a strange race for him. Uh, definitely wasn't as good as Hamilton's. And he largely lost it after the, well, first lap because he obviously jumped the start, but then realised he jumped the start and stopped again and then lost all momentum for the for leaving the grid. I mean, to me, while I was commenting on for the first 10, 10 or 20 laps, I was sat there thinking, okay, when are they going to confirm Bottas's penalty? Before I realised that they probably were going to let him off. A lot of people asked it, why did they let him off? I have to say, it was a strange one. Like you said, everyone was expecting a, a penalty to come. I mean, he, he jumped the start, we all saw it. Uh, but he, he slammed brakes almost immediately after he does it. Did it. And in the Formula One rules, there is a certain tolerance that's allowed with the sensors and the systems and everything, because, of course, nothing in life is absolutely perfect. Um, And according to race director Michael Massey, he was within that tolerance. So, yeah, he got away with that one. Although then again, did he get away with that one? I mean, after slamming on the brakes and then everyone else pulled away quickly. He, he dropped down the field, unfortunately. And that was that was any chance of Boyce's fighting for the win over and done. It was largely the the first lap, I guess, uh, that lost him the chance to fight for Hamilton, although I think even if he got a perfect start, he wouldn't really have been able to compete with him today. I mean, his recovery drive, it was, I guess he did what he needed to do. He ended up um, passing Stroll, getting past the Haas drivers, obviously. Um, But he couldn't do what he did last week and get Verstappen. Do you think he's doing as well as he should be doing with that car, or do you think getting P2 ahead of Verstappen should be a formality, really? 
I think getting paired two ahead of Verstappen should be a formality. Um, the one thing that really did catch out uh, Boitis on Sunday as well, I mean, aside from that, that jump start, is he actually couldn't pass Stroll in the racing points at first. He needed to actually put and have, have Mercedes' strategy and the undercut working out in his favour. So when you consider the fact that the racing point was a second behind the Mercedes in qualifying, um, yeah, that wasn't a really good showing from Bordas on that one. And as for chasing down Max, I don't know, you kind of sit there and think, well, I mean, look what Lando Norris has done in the last couple of laps in recent races. Um, why couldn't Bordas do the same? But, you know, he's he's not a Lewis Hamilton. He's You could say he's not a Max for Stefan either. Uh, so, yeah, it was, as I said, a bit disappointing. I think Mercedes would probably be quite disappointed with the result. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, he's got a first, a second, a third. It always seems a bit harsh to be uh, criticizing someone who's bringing in those sort of results. But when you're comparing his results to Lewis Hamilton's or even to Max Verstappen's, yeah, Bordas is, Bordas is not quite up there, unfortunately. I think his, his pace is not a massive problem, his outright pace, you know, I mean qualifying the other day showed it he was only a tenth odd off Hamilton who put in what he said was you know a pretty perfect lap so I don't think that's the problem I think the main problem is his his wheel-to-wheel racing and his um his overtaking I guess because we've seen it so many times with him where he's been catching someone ahead of him late in the race and he's caught them but he just hasn't made the pass and that was the case again with Verstappen obviously on Sunday I don't know it's you do wonder when they've got the fastest car, would you not want a driver that can take those risks, you know? But I, I, I guess, you know, they, they've obviously effectively chosen him over George Russell, given that Russell's been announced that he's staying at Williams for the next few years. Do you think he's just there to be a number two to Hamilton? I think very much so. We would really like uh, Bortis to be taking the fight to Hamilton, especially at a time when it looks like nobody can take the fight to Mercedes. Uh, I was a little disappointed to hear that George would be staying with Williams. I was really hoping that Mercedes would take that chance and promote him up the order. But, you know, this year's title number seven for Hamilton, same cars next year. So next year's potentially title number eight for Hamilton. Do you really want a driver who could challenge him and and possibly, you never know, uh, cause a few teammate crashes or things like that um, and potentially risk that number eight? So I get why Mercedes are going to be sticking with Bortus, but yeah, would really like to see George in that car. Yeah, I do understand it. Like you said, he's uh, he's not going to cause any problems. He's going to let Hamilton become, on paper at least, the best of all time, most likely, unless he really surprises us all. But yeah, it would have been cool to see George Russell there, you know, just see another young driver at the top. Um, but forgetting the drivers, I mean, that car and the team, they're... I mean, arguably more dominant than they've ever been, you know. I mean, you go back in, you know, 2014, 15, 16, they were pretty strong, pretty strong. Um, Obviously, last year they got a 1-2 at the first four or five races, I think. But, I mean, this year on outright pace, they're just... They're so far ahead of the rest of the pack. How has that happened? How have specifically Red Bull and Ferrari just fallen so far behind them? Yeah, unfortunately, we don't know the actual inner workings of the team, so we can't really say so. Um, Tony Wolf sort of alluded to the fact that Mercedes almost killed themselves last season trying to trying to draw level with Ferrari's power unit. And then after the technical directives, when Ferrari's power unit lost a lot of its, its horsepower, it's not so much a case of Mercedes 
have made a great leap so much as those, well, the likes of Ferrari have been pulled back, um, which I thought was quite an interesting statement from, from Wolf. He's definitely not happy with Ferrari about these engine things and is, is letting the whole world know. But then the Mercedes also has the dust on its car. And when that first came out in February testing, I think it was Helmut Marco reckoned that could be worth about as much as two seconds a lap. So it's definitely not proving to be that. But I think it might be what's making the difference. Mercedes can get heat into their tires a lot quicker than than their rivals, which is giving them quite an advantage after pit stops and at the start of races and, and those sort of moments. Yeah, yeah. We, we obviously heard them telling their drivers to use it um, to warm up the tyres, um, which, I mean, it does have a considerable effect on a kind of dry and track, you know, with those kind of conditions. They're the best everywhere at the moment, aren't they? You know, last year we had, at least Ferrari have the best power unit, at least they're quicker on the straights, which just isn't the case now, obviously. I think Mercedes have the best engine pretty comfortably now. Best chassis, probably. I mean, they corner the best. It's you know, Toto Wolf gave it the whole classic as they always do. All Red Bull is still a threat to us. We haven't, haven't, haven't won anything yet. But I mean, let's be honest. The constructors' titles pretty much wrapped up now, isn't it? Yeah, I would say it is. I mean, the Mercedes's point lead is absolutely ridiculous. It's three races in. They're on 121 points. Uh, Red Bull have now moved up to second and they're on 55. That's less than half. I mean, that is just, that's crazy. So I think the Constructors' Championship is done. I think the Drivers' Championship, you can argue that it's still a a two-driver race at least, Lewis Hamilton versus Valtteri Bottas. But uh, I fear after Sunday's result that that one's done and dusted as well now. Yeah, it's, like I said, strange to be thinking that after so soon, but it's hard not to really. The last few years, you know, the term best of the rest is thrown down a lot in uh, in Formula One. And it's always applied to the best team outside of Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull. Whereas now the best of the rest is literally who's the best team after Mercedes. You know, they're, they're that far ahead. Um, and Red Bull and Ferrari seem to have been caught by Racing Point and McLaren. Um, maybe Renault as well, but they haven't had as quite as good a first few races it's hard to see that changing as well, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's hard to see Ferrari and Red Bull making such strides to be able to get close to Mercedes in terms of pace. Um, if anyone is, it looks like it'll be racing point, isn't it? Yeah, you never know. It might be. Uh, Max Verstappen came out and said, well, he doesn't believe that racing point could ever fight for a title given, given that they're copying a car. So there'll always be one season, one step behind. But that RP20 is looking absolutely fantastic. The fact that it's powered by a Mercedes engine as well is definitely helping their cause. They haven't yet quite strung together a perfect race, unfortunately. I mean, they started third and fourth yesterday, but it just it didn't pan out that way. Um, they got caught out by strategy, the undercut from Bortus and stuff. So Stroll, Stroll finished in fourth place and off the podium, which was a bit disappointing for him, I'm sure. But yeah, Racing Points is probably Mercedes' closest challenger on a perfect Sunday. But I think when it comes to the actual championship, that'll be Red Bull. But by closest, I mean, they're still a mile off. Yeah, I mean, it it speaks volumes about just how dominant Mercedes are, doesn't it? That uh, the fastest car on the grid is their 2020 car and the second fastest is, some would say, their 2019 car. Uh, Renault would certainly say that. 
but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how those protests turn out. Um, I think to be honest, I I do think Lance Stroll is just worth a mention because I mean last week we spoke a lot about how good Sergio Perez is, and this week Lance Stroll kind of he had the upper hand on him on him all weekend. Um, obviously Perez had some issues that he felt dizzy during qualifying on uh, Saturday, but I mean, you know, with a certain German waiting in the wings to apparently take a seat at Aston Martin, that's. That's the sort of performance that Stroll needs to keep putting in, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, just because his dad owns the team, that doesn't mean that there aren't some suggesting that uh, Lawrence Stroll needs to be a businessman and not a father and rather keep Sergio Perez alongside Sebastian Vettel and drop Lance. But then Lance comes along and out-qualifies Perez second time this season, which when you consider the fact that he only managed to out-qualify Perez three times last year, that's that's a pretty good record so far for the youngster. Um, and then he, he finished fourth. Yes, it was an extremely distant fourth, but let's be honest, everyone was distant compared to, to Lewis Hamilton, uh, Max and Valtteri. So well done to him for, for doing that. And yeah, it was, it was what he needed to do. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to go a long way towards silencing his doubters. I don't think... Shame. I think when it comes to Lance Stroll, potentially even a world title wouldn't go a long way towards silencing the poor kid's doubters. But, you know, it, it's a pat on the back for him. And, yeah, he should be very proud of his result. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I was one of his big doubters, I think, given his performances. It, you know, just I don't think he's shown too much since coming to a form. But I, I was genuinely really impressed by him this weekend. And I, I would like him to succeed, you know, because... Having a pay driver on the grid is pretty depressing. Having a driver that genuinely deserves to be there um, and his dad's helped him out, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's a great story, I think. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see going forward, but I think that'll become a pretty interesting inter-team battle, really. But, yeah, that was the Hungarian Grand Prix. There's not too much else to mention from it, I don't think. I mean, shout-out to Max Verstappen's mechanics for fixing his car in record time. 20 minute job on uh what christian horner said would usually take about 90 minutes so fair play to them but yeah it was um didn't quite live up to the first two races next up double header at silverstone what do you think expecting to get back to the dizzy heights of the red bull ring there in terms of the spectacle i'm hoping so silverstone often delivers really good races um so yeah here's he's hoping the next two turn out to be absolute humdingers yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately you can't really see anybody but Mercedes winning either of those those Silverstone races. But here's hoping that those behind at least produce the action, and that's maybe just maybe things are a little bit closer. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, here in England, it rarely goes a full week without raining. So if we somehow go two consecutive weekends with it staying dry, uh, when we happen to have the Formula One races, uh. I'll be very disappointed, but uh, yeah, I can't see it. You know, I am expecting rain, which, you know, as uh, as the last few weeks have shown, when rain falls on the track, it makes things a lot more interesting. So, yeah, fingers crossed for that, at least. Yeah, that's just about everything. Um, yeah, three races in, getting through it, uh, and a week off, and then, yeah, another triple header. It's a uh, strange business this season, but uh, yeah, can't complain. Thanks to everyone, as always, for uh, for listening. We'll be back after the British Grand Prix to go through all that. So, uh, yeah, join us then. And in the meantime, keep an eye on our website, planetf1.com, and our social media. Our Twitter is planet underscore f1, and our Facebook is planetf1. 
Uh, also, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying it, because, yeah, it goes a long way to helping us out. Thanks again. Enjoy. A whopping two weeks off from Formula One. It uh, feels like a long time, doesn't it? And, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye. We're funny creatures as humans. Impulsive, stubborn. We procrastinate for eternity and make decisions on a whim. Can we ever say with complete certainty where our choices are going to take us? Just remember, once in a while, we get it right. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota, the world's best-selling hybrid electric cars. Toyota, built for a better world. Claim source EV volumes and industry data. See toyota.ie forward slash verification. Sports Social Podcast Network.